RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government comes under fire after Demisisto leader Joshua Wong is barred from running a district council elections. The chief executive rejects suggestions that the government is politicising the case of murder suspect Chan Tong Kai. And an animal shelter appeals for help after some of its cats and dogs become sick amid reports that a nearby police base is testing tear gas. Demisisto leader Joshua Wong has become the only candidate to be barred from November's district council election after his common nomination was ruled invalid. In its press release, the government says it agrees and supports the electoral officer's decision. It says Mr Wong cannot comply with requirements because advocating self-determination violates the basic law and contradicts a declaration he made to pledge allegiance to the SAR. Authorities denied this was political censorship, a restriction of free speech or a deprivation of the right to stand for elections. Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi-Wai says Mr Wong's disqualification is clearly a subjective decision as Mr Wong has clearly stated he doesn't support Hong Kong independence in his replies to the returning officer. He says such political screening only adds fuel to the fire and may make the current civil unrest even worse. I'm afraid that the chaos will keep going for a longer time and provide some justification for those protesters to come up to protest against the government decisions and that may trigger another rounds of the um, chaos. But we have to beware that that may be a situation that lay down the foundation for the government to call off the district council elections in the coming time. The Civic Party's Elvin Young says the disqualification has damaged Hong Kong's international reputation. The lawmaker says the ban on Mr Wong from running shows that the government hasn't learned anything from the anti-extradition crisis. This is a blatant demonstration that the government really doesn't care about what Hong Kong people want. That's number one. And number two, the Hong Kong government is basically telling the rest of the world that we don't care about what you think of us. Joshua, of course, is a very famous activist and well-known on world stage. By disqualifying him from running for district council, Hong Kong government is sending the worst signal possible to the world that we are still the same old Hong Kong government. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the return of wanted murder suspect Chan Tong Kai to Taiwan has been complicated by confusing messages from the island and she's not sure when he'll surrender himself. She says the government's role is to offer Mr Chan assistance while respecting that he's a free man in the SAR. She denied that the government was politicising the matter. He is a free man, so our facilitation has to fully respect that he is a free man. He has a free will. So uh, at the working level, the um, law enforcement agency of Hong Kong has approached the law enforcement agency in Taiwan to see what arrangements could be placed in place to facilitate his return to Taiwan. But the uh, matter has been complicated by um, very different and sometimes confusing messages uh, coming from the other side. Mrs Lam also defended the Department of Justice and the Police Commissioner's successful move to apply for an injunction to ban people from doxing officers and their family, rejecting concerns that the government has been selective in offering privacy protection. When asked why the government did not attempt to provide the same protection for all members of the public, including the many journalists and protesters who have been victims of doxing, Mrs Lam said there's no question that police were the chief targets in the past four months. There is also no dispute that the main target of this doxing 
is the police. It's a police officer. I gather that over 2,000 policemen and maybe their families have been put to that sort of intimidation. So for the Secretary for Justice and the Commissioner of Police to take that uh, route of applying for an interim injunction is understandable because we don't have the necessary effective legislations to tackle that issue. So interim injunction is one of the um, legal means to address the problem. Mrs. Lam also dismissed a speculation, a Financial Times article saying Beijing planned to replace her. She says the central government remains confident in her leadership. And she also warned of a very likely negative growth this year and urged LegCo's Finance Committee and Public Works Committee to quickly approve the government's recently announced funding boosts to help the economy. She says the government will announce the latest estimates for the third quarter on Thursday. If the SAR does have two consecutive quarters of contraction, it would constitute a technical recession. An animal shelter in Tunmun is appealing for assistance after several of the cats and animals and dogs there started coughing and vomiting yesterday amid claims that tear gas was being tested at a nearby police base. The force has denied reports it was testing gas or any other substance at its Tai Hing operation base. But several people in the area reported a strange smell earlier in the day and some residents said they felt unwell. The poor-in-hand animal shelter appealed for help yesterday after some of its volunteers and the animals showed signs of discomfort. Terry Ng is from the shelter. We call lots of volunteers to come and move the animals to their house to live temporarily. And we need to clean out our shelter. And now most of the volunteers have come to our shelter and they start cleaning our place. The animals are staying at their home now. The Secretary for Food and Health, Sophia Chan, has dismissed concerns of tear gas contaminating produce at Yaomate Fruit Market. Lawmakers at a LegCo panel meeting asked her about the health impact of eating fruit tainted by tear gas released by police during protests. Professor Chan said it was no different to other contaminants that could be washed off. Her response prompted the professional guild's Shu Ka Chun to offer her a pair he bought from the market. Medical doctor and Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Ka Ki called her remarks quite irresponsible. As we know, the tear gas itself containing a lot of different chemicals, including CS and a lot of different organic solvent. The metabolite from CS, including cyanide and some carcinogenic substance, which is very difficult to get it off simply by washing with water. It was proven to be, it was thick on stay on the surface of whatever particles like the human skin, the foot stuff, or even on the walls. A survey by the DAB says over 70% of respondents have a negative outlook on Hong Kong's economy in the coming year, the highest since the survey began in, 20, in 2004. The party polled 570 people in July and found only about 13% have a positive view. Consumer confidence was down to 65.4 points compared to 72.4 last December. The DAB says the public expressed concern about the Sino-US trade war and the protests. Spring Cheung is the party's deputy spokesperson on commerce and industry. The global economic downturns, right? So now, nowadays, if we don't stop the violence, many shops will close, right? And all the people lost the job, to lose their jobs. So maybe in the tens of tens of thousands of jobs and collapse and the retail and tourism sectors. I think this is all people agree with this. 
An executive member of the Hong Kong Journalists Association has expressed support for reporters who interrupted yesterday's police briefing to protest at police treatment of the media. Ronson Chan agreed with criticism that the journalists should focus on their duties instead of disrupting press conferences. But he also said violence from police against frontline reporters covering protests meant they had to speak out. Because most of the frontline journalists are facing the police violence and we are very concerned and very very about this situation. So, And I think most of the uh, frontline journalists agree that that such a situation is not uh, satisfactory. We admire and thank you those reporters who come out to speak for us. Overseas now, and the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, says it'll hold its first formal vote on the impeachment inquiry into President Trump on Thursday. Ms. Pelosi, a senior Democrat, said the resolution was necessary to ensure there was no cover-up by the Trump administration. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. In a letter to other Democrats, Nancy Pelosi insisted a vote wasn't necessary to push forward with the impeachment inquiries. However, she said it was time to ensure that President Trump could not ignore the investigations, which are currently taking place before three congressional committees. Last week, some Republicans, who claim there has been a lack of transparency in the proceedings, disrupted and delayed a hearing. Mrs Pelosi says this resolution will eliminate any doubt as to whether the White House can withhold documents, disregard subpoenas or prevent witnesses from giving testimony. Firefighters in California are battling a wildfire burning near several wealthy neighbourhoods in Los Angeles. Thousands of people have been forced from their homes, among them the state's former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and the basketball star LeBron James. A Los Angeles City Council worker Paul Corritz had a blunt message for anyone who ignored evacuation orders. If you're in the mandatory evacuation zone and you're still there watching this, you're an idiot. Get the hell out. Uh, It's way too dangerous. People that stay behind are just endangering themselves and not helping. British MPs have rejected the Prime Minister Boris Johnson's bid to break the Brexit stalemate through a snap election on the 12th of December. Not enough MPs voted in favour of his plan, which required a two-thirds majority. Mr Johnson said he intended to resubmit the proposal later today using a method that would need only a simple majority. Earlier, he told his colleagues that the public were fed up with how they were handling Brexit. There is a widespread view that this parliament has run its course. And that is and that is because I simply do not believe that this house is capable of delivering on the priorities of the people whether that means Brexit or anything else. And of course, I would rather get Brexit done, Mr Speaker. A powerful earthquake has struck the southern Philippines, knocking out power in some areas, sending people out of homes and buildings and forcing classes to be suspended in one city to allow inspections of schools. There was no report of major damage or injuries from the quake, which authorities say had an initial magnitude of 6.6. Finance now, the currency market, the US dollar is trading at 108.96 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 7 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,777. That's 114 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $44 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. 
Tiger Woods has revealed his plans to play in the Tokyo Olympics next year. Golf's 15-time major winner equaled the PGA Tour record of 82 tournament wins after yesterday's victory at the Zozo Championship in Japan. It was Woods' first event since having his fifth knee operation nine weeks ago, and he's now focused on making the U.S. Olympic team. I hope to qualify for the team and uh, represent my country. Uh, I Right now, um, what ninth in the world, and hopefully I'll, I'll move up a little bit. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't know when the qualifier, the qualifying ends. Some of my friends have have made uh, made Olympic teams before in the past, and they said it's a uh, once a lifetime experience. And I have never played for a gold medal before, and uh, certainly would be an honor to do it, and especially at the age I'll be, I'll be 44, and you know, I don't know if I have many more chances after that. The United States women's football team have a new head coach. Vladko Andonovsky has taken over from Jill Ellis, who left her role after leading the Americans to back-to-back World Cup titles. More from the BBC's Katie Smith. Andonovsky takes over from Jill Ellis, who stepped down earlier this month after guiding the side to two World Cups. He served as a head coach during all seven seasons of the National Women's Soccer League, most recently with Rain FC in Seattle, where he was named NWSL Coach of the Year for the 2019 season, which concluded at the weekend. Previously, he won two championships with FC Kansas City. Andonovsky will begin his role immediately with matches next month against Sweden and Costa Rica. His first major competition will come during the CONCACAF women's Olympic qualifying tournaments set to take place at the end of January and beginning of February next year. The Pittsburgh Steelers overcame a slow start to deny the Miami Dolphins their first win in the NFL season. Mason Rudolph threw for 251 yards and two touchdowns to lead the Steelers to victory by a score of 27-14. The Dolphins blew a 14-point first-quarter lead and lost for the seventh time in seven games. Pittsburgh improved to 3-4. In the NBA, Russell Westbrook was victorious on his first visit to Oklahoma City since being traded to Houston in the offseason. The Rockets beat the Thunder 116-112, with Westbrook scoring 21 points against his old team. He was one assist shy of a triple-double. James Harden led the Rockets with 40 points. Elsewhere, Joel Embiid had 36 points as the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Atlanta Hawks 105-103. The Sixers are the only unbeaten team in the East. And the New York Knicks beat the Chicago Bulls 105-98 to record their first win of the season. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government comes under fire after Demosisto leader Joshua Wong is barred from running in district council elections. The chief executive rejects suggestions that the government is politicising the case of murder suspect Chan Tong Kai. And an animal shelter appeals for help after some of its cats and dogs become sick amid reports that a nearby police base is testing tear gas. The news from RTHK. A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. 
to you, cut so deep, yet growing through and through. Welcome to the One Two Three Show this Tuesday afternoon. My name is Karen Coe. I'll be with you through, through till three o'clock this afternoon. A big thanks to Phil Whelan for this morning's morning brew. And coming up on our show today, it's Tuesday, meaning it's Tuesday. So we're going to check in with our food and drink reporter Andrew Dambina. He'll tell us what's been happening in the world of wining and dining. That's after one thirty p.m. One, two, three, show. 
And after 2 p.m., we help you with a digital health check. So if you didn't know, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Just how good are you at protecting one of your most precious assets, your data? Bill Micah, Global Head of Recovery Operations at EMIDR, is going to join us in the studio after 2 o'clock to talk about threats and solutions. And we'll also have another track from our album of the week, which is Sandara Karma's Uphilas' Alphabet. I think